0: game
1: no uh it keeps getting recommended on netflix
0: i've had time to watch the first episode and i understand why everyone's very into it it's all right i tell you it's good if you enjoy a good one of them death game type uh things this is a good one of them
2: very good one
0: also have, have you seen
2: leprechaun
1: <laughs> many many years ago
2: it's different from squid game
0: it is. It is. They're both about creatures, I guess. A leprechaun and a squid are both creatures. Well, I mean,
1: you know, they're both pointed uh, social critiques of capitalism at the end of the day.
2: Well, yeah, yeah. It is about two very interested parties that want their gold. Mm-hmm. They want their mm-hmm. gold. <laughs> right. I waste what small amounts of attention I can claw in my head. If I can get enough attention together to just watch a piece of media... To accomplish something? Um, oh, I've given up accomplishing
1: things, Conrad. Well, I mean, it's, accomplishment is relative to the circumstance. That's true. Completing a piece of media at this point could be viewed as an accomplishment.
2: I'd, I consider it a victory. It's, yeah. a, it's a victory that if I could, you know, enjoy a piece of art. But then I direct it to the... I've watched three Leprechaun films.
1: <laughs> wow.
2: Oh. I'm really looking forward to the next one. It's set in space. The Leprechaun Goes to Space. Oh,
1: is that the one called Leprechaun in Space?
0: Leprechaun in Space. Look, you, you can't control what where your focus goes. And if, if it's going to Leprechaun, I'm glad that you found a thing that your brain likes. Oh, God. In Leprechaun
2: 3... There's this woman who gets a bit of gold and makes a wish on it because every film is inconsistent with what you can actually do and what the Leprechaun's weak to. And the lore
1: changes on a pretty regular basis.
2: Every single film. Mm-hmm. Every single film. There's a different way to fight him and a different thing the gold does. In the third one... the he does one ironic wish which i'm like why isn't he done why isn't that his thing
1: because that's the Wishmaster's thing
2: well that's true but his powers completely change depending on what they're needed for so sometimes like he'll just bite someone in the head and can't handle being shot other times that's not a problem and he'll just have sudden vast magic powers Like the ability to make someone's lips big and then her boobs big and then her ass big, so big she can't get (laughs) through a door and then all of those bits explode. Huh. While the leprechaun holds an umbrella and so he doesn't get showered.
0: That's a very versatile power. Yeah. I wish I had powers
2: that that sort of broad reaching. It's Warwick Davis doing his best. Doing his best accents. He sure does do an accent. I'm wasting (laughs) my time.
0: I mean, aren't we all? Isn't everything we do wasting our time? Squid Game's very good. It is very good. It's very good.
2: I'm going to take this fucking bell off because I keep fucking forgetting it. And (laughs) there'll be a time where it stops being cute and we're nearly there.
0: Oh no, it's never going to stop being cute. It's going to always be cute. (laughs) I've got to get... Look, there, there might be some fools who do not think it's cute anymore. They will be wrong. Those fools. <laughs> Alice, now I'm going to have to get the whole thing
2: off before I get the bell off. That's oh, alright. No. This, is, this is content of a sort.
0: Yeah. We're, we're not wasting anyone's time. Everyone's having a very yeah. productive time here I'm tuning loving... into this show. Alright, that's off. Right. It's Podquisition. Hey, we talk about video games sometimes. Is everyone Okay. Yeah. All right. Went for a big swim, but uh, it tired me out a bit. But I'm pretty good. Oh,
2: yeah. How about Conrad? How, how how are you doing today?
1: Yeah. Uh. Sure. Yeah. Getting by. Yeah. All right then. Yeah. Cool. Cool.
0: Ah, uh, I have a thing I'm excited about. Before we get into games we've played. Okay. Are you doing an excite? I've not played a lot of uh, Game Pass games the last couple of weeks. Because I have had, like, a two-week battle to get into my fucking Xbox account, and I got back in finally. I did it, I'm back in.
2: Oh god, I was I was literally in a room with you when you were having to deal with that shit, and that feels like that was a thousand years ago.
0: Yeah, like, I was supposed to be downloading, like, a work thing on a deadline, and suddenly I couldn't log into my Xbox, because I think I mistyped my password once, and they were like, ah, security alert. And... I no longer have access to the email address it wanted to verify with. And they've got a little recovery form. And I, no matter how many times I did this recovery form, it just kept saying, no, we do not have enough information to verify you're you. And I was like, but I answered every fucking question. And you're you. Yeah, and I'm me. So I spent like two weeks fighting with Microsoft, trying to find like anyone who would escalate me to someone who could fix this. Because all I could get out of customer services was... It's an automated system. Nothing can be done. And I'm like, I'm sure there's fucking someone in your company who could fucking help. I ended up finding someone who gave me a bit of a cheat sheet for how to do the recovery form in a way that would let me back in and I'm back in. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I can I can play Game Pass games again now after like 2 weeks. <laughs> but
1: it's uh, just just so we're clear. <laughs> in order to get into your account You had to social engineer your way into undermining the security.
0: Like a little tiny bit. I had to get told a couple of things about what that recovery form is looking for and what will benefit your recovery form and what won't in order to answer it in a way that would get me verified as me
1: well i feel good about the security on my xbox account
0: mm-hmm. oh don't worry don't worry don't worry we're gonna have a hell of a conversation oh, later about sure security are. on accounts which mm-hmm. is mm. but i've been <laughs> playing a bunch of game pass games a lot of which are ones that uh, conrad recommended to me and they're all very good i want to start by talking about that flynn son of crimson you were recommending the other week no oh, the dog game right good doggo yeah, have you gotten further into it, comrade?
1: I haven't gotten back to it since uh we last uh, talked about it, no.
0: I've been I've been playing a reasonable amount. I've I've not yet got the ability to ride around on the doggo, but judging by the narrative, I think I'm pretty close to that being what I'm about to do. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, for a game that like on the surface seems so simple when you first pick it up, There's a lot more depth than I was giving it credit for.
1: Yeah, I think it visually sort of gives you an impression of a much more basic game. Um, And the way that it starts to introduce mobility and action, it's very gradual. So you could be forgiven for thinking that it's something that it's not at the immediate outset.
0: I mean... I think what it does really well is that gradual introduction of those mechanics. Mm This is like, when when you start off, for the first, like, probably couple of hours, you're largely doing, I have a melee hit that hits in front of me, I've got a single jump, and I've got a dodge roll. And all of them feel very good, and then it starts introducing, like, hey, here's more weapons and here's upgrade trees and lots and lots of things that have considerably kept it feeling like I'm doing different things as I progress. Mm hmm. It's very polished. It's a very nice game.
1: Yeah. Yep. I like it a lot. It's definitely worth playing.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 really digging it. And I want I want to ride that dog. I'm so ready to ride that fucking dog.
1: And that's a big uh, draw to push you through, too, I think, is that dog. And, and it's worth it.
0: It's just sort of teasing me on the periphery. Like, I know I'm working towards it. I know it's coming.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I've been teased on the periphery while knowing it's
2: coming. <laughs>
1: hey!
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, re- real good recommend that one, Conrad. Thank it you. is It is a really nice game. What about you both? What have you been playing this week?
2: Who'd like to go first? I ask as one of the people who could go first or second. You know, I'm not fussed. No, no. If if I tell you what, Conrad, go right ahead. Yeah, you think so? Uh, y- y- yeah, yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. So, uh, I-, I played the NES Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> um... Oh God! I don't know why I'm
2: that delighted, but I am very delighted you did that. Thank you.
1: You're very welcome. It. I like that game. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It was just such. It's just such a random thing.
1: Well, it's it's the spooky season. Yeah. You yeah. know.
2: Well, I've been watching *Leprechaun*. We can't. I can't judge.
1: Linda and I, not that long ago, watched *Nightmare on Elm Street* three, *The Dream Warriors*, which is a very
2: good one, probably the best.
1: She's seen a lot of horror but doesn't do sequels Hmm. which yeah kind of curious and uh, you know some in some circumstances with certain franchises it's almost like you're really missing out on the fun of them if you haven't delved into at least a couple of the better ones later on
2: yeah there are certain film series that it is taking them in as a series that and and they A lot of those old horror slasher movies are part of it because they get so ridiculous and the lore so inconsistent. And there are some of them have way better sequels than original. Yes,
1: absolutely. Anyway, the Nightmare in Elm Street game, it's developed by Rare, which is something I always forget. Mm -hmm. Rare put out a ton of fucking games that year like i think something like 18 it, it's it's crazy 1990 yeah. was a big year for rare developed games
2: you could say rare was pretty common
1: hey yeah. but this it, it it's interesting because it has four player co-op in the game it has some really cool mechanics for a game of its vintage like there's a sleep meter mm. And there's a like a daytime, nighttime mechanic tied in with that to where when the sleep meter runs out, you go into the nightmare. And the longer you spend in the nightmare, uh, it sort of counts down to Freddy coming and you having a mini boss encounter with him as it goes along. And then the, in the shift, all of the enemies become more aggressive. They take more damage. And the way the sleep meter functions is really cool, too, because it, if you take hits, it goes down. You, it's separate from your health, by the way. You can take three hits, I think, and then you die. Uh, and you have five lives, and I think three continues. So effectively 15 lives to get through the game. Mm-hmm. But the sleep meter goes down when you take hits. The sleep meter gradually goes down over time, and that speed increases if you're standing still. So it's just little stuff like that. And there's items to replenish it. And then when you're yeah. in the dream state, you can take on dream warrior modes if you've picked up icons in the waking world to symbolize them.
2: Oh, do you get to be beautiful and bad?
1: Um no. Actually, uh-huh. yeah, unfortunately, she her abilities are are largely not present. You get uh, an acrobat, a a a ninja and um Oh, I can't. Oh, uh, the wizard. You get the wizard. Oh, OK. Yeah. The nice thing about them is that it gives you ranged abilities with with those because uh-huh. the punch sucks. But it's a fun little game and it's it's kind of surprisingly long. I think there's uh, maybe eight levels in it. Um, it's pretty hard, but it feels attainable and it plays really well with multiple people. Um, I have the cartridge and a multi-tap.
2: I'm hard attainable and plays well with multiple people. Hey! <laughs> I've got several of them, folks.
1: But the bosses are, are f- fucking weird. Yeah. Like, the first boss is just Freddy's claw on a chain of balls. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. The
1: second boss is, is, is Freddy's head on a chain of balls.
0: Look, when things get chained to balls, it's a good fun time. Everyone yeah. knows yeah. Like
1: yep. that. yep.
2: I've given head on a chain of
1: balls. <laughs> hey. Oh, and tongues are just flying all over in that fight, let me tell you. Oh, mm-hmm. God, brilliant. Yep. Yep. But, yeah, so that's that's what I did recently. I played, I played Nightmare on Elm Street. And, and if you have an emulator and four controllers, it's a fun time if you can find some friends.
0: Mm-hmm. Steph, what are you? Uh, what are you been playing? Uh,
2: I've, oh, there's a hot new near game out. Do you remember how great near is?
1: I do remember how great near is.
0: I do enjoy the near series sometimes. Uh, fucking.
2: God,
1: Nier Automata, right? Oh, I fucking love that one. I love it. I heard there was a new Nier game coming out. I got very excited and went and looked up screenshots. Yeah, it's a mobile game. Yeah, that's 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 when I stopped.
2: It's not necessarily a bad thing. I've been getting into Apple Arcade stuff. Sure. will talk about one of them later. Well, a couple of them later. Yeah. This isn't Apple Arcade, though. It is another one of these fucking mobile games that play themselves. Because uh. the point isn't to play them, the point is to spend money on them.
0: It's to buy randomised gacha boxes to get the character that's strong enough that you can continue. Although in this
2: case, everything just seems to be fucking gems. Gems for this and gems for that. God, I hate whoever invented gems. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Silas Gem of Amsterdam. I c- oh, fuck you, Silas Gem, the inventor of gems. I'm sick of gems in video games because they cost money. (laughs) Actual money in games are free, but the gems cost. That is the biggest problem with them. Yeah. If they were free, they'd be less of a problem. So this is another game where it's like, there's a button that says auto, press it, and the character will just walk from one scene to the next. You walk really long fucking distances as well really long fucking distances to like this symbol they call dark scarecrows because of course they do um these symbols in the ground you go over touch them then you do a little bit of side scrolling while some story plays then it's a turn-based battle which again just plays itself Mm. Uh, and you can select a toggle though
1: to allow it to play itself even more. Oh, well that's convenient. If you're not enjoying how quickly it's playing itself, you can you can play itself faster.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You can watch the whole story on YouTube because the story's been given praise. I've just given up on it because, you know, I've played Raid Shadow Legends. I played I played this Marvel, uh some new Marvel MMO that came out and saw on one of the game sites, could have been Kazaka or Polygon, one of the two that was like, oh, it's the best mobile Marvel game, which, to be honest, isn't hard. Better than Marvel's Avengers, uh, which, again, isn't hard. And then I went on it, and it's just another auto-battler. It's just another press this button, go over here, then press this button and fight everything.
0: That does make it better than the other Marvel games because you don't actually have to play it. Well, no,
2: no. Um, It rushes straight to the dopamine. But, like, I, as someone who's, you know has ADHD and a need for dopamine. I can't get into these games. There's nothing to them. It's just, you could just look at the character models on the internet. Or, you know, in the case of Nier, just look up a YouTube of the story segments because that's, you you literally don't need the gameplay. The game tells you you don't need the gameplay. Yeah. I'm sick of it. They're pathetic, and they make so much money, so they work on someone. This is such a bad direction the video game industry went. It's awful, and I can only see it going, like, infecting bigger-scale games over time. Just more and more, these auto-battlers. Like, they're already a sub-genre in their own right, and it's despicable, because, like, it's only in pursuit of money, because, you know, I'm sure there could be an argument that, oh, well, it makes it accessible. But it only leads you to access storefronts. That's all it's there for. It's to funnel you into something else that exploits a, um, a disability. So you can't get points off the back of that. And besides, which it's not playing a vi- it's 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 not playing a video game. You're not playing a video game when you do that. <laughs> it's just throwing money at character models at that point. And you could do that. Anywhere for anything.
0: I never want to be the kind of person that polices what is or is not a video game or what constitutes having played it's a not, video game. It's not a video game. But these auto these auto games that you hit auto when it plays the game for you are not games.
2: <laughs> it's not a video game. It's a fucking it's a microtransaction vector. Yeah. It's scum. It's not what you want from a ear game. Certainly not.
0: I started playing a, another another thing this week that uh, Conrad recommended to me. Like Conrad went out of his way and was like, "Hey, there's a thing. It's on Game Pass. You're gonna like it." Conrad was very right. I do enjoy it a lot. Uh, it's called Unsighted.
1: It's very interesting, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. So like the the premise is you you're a you're a robot in a world where all the humans are gone. There's a bit of a mystery about what happened there. You've got a, a melee weapon and or a gun and you can mix and match the two. Go do a bunch of sort of exploring and fighting. It's funny when you were talking about near there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things about this that remind me of Near Automata. Mm-hmm. Like, mechanically, it's different. It's a really nice looking, but it's a sort of pixel art indie game. But like a lot of the mechanics of things like, okay, you spec out your character using chips that take up certain amounts of... Uh, slots in your brain and the sort of dodging away melee gun combo gameplay feels it, a lot of the narrative stuff feels very inspired by Nier Automata it's taken some of the, the good lessons from that I think and put them into sort of a top-down metroidvania kind of game
1: yeah but what I, what's interesting about it Is it's side quest system or a thing that's interesting about it is it's side quest system. Because every the premise of this game is that there is a calamity coming in X amount of time Mm -hmm. for everyone. It's it's like uh, think of it as a, a, a virus that everyone's it's Fox die. Yeah, everyone's got Fox die and they don't know what but you know exactly when they're going to expire and become a bad guy.
0: You, you know that everyone is slowly losing control of themselves, losing their sense of identity, and at some point... They're going to they're going to cross over the threshold. They're going to be they're going to be an enemy.
1: And they're no longer going to provide their side quest option. Yes. You know, you'll no longer have the opportunity to build relationship with them, learn their story, those sorts of things. So there is a ton of stacked mini narratives all throughout this. And you get to sort of pick and choose on your run who you're going to focus on. And yeah.
0: The way that they control who you focus on is you've got this resource called, uh, I think it's called Meteor Dust. Yes. And the gimmick is you use this resource with the various NPCs that you want to explore more to basically buy them some more time before they turn. And there is not enough of it to go around for everyone. And on top of that, there's things you could be using it for yourself, like uh, your your uh, self-heal. The only way you can make that better is by using Meteor Dust. And this game is tough. Like, I can see the incentive to having a better heal for this tough game. But every time you decide I'm going to upgrade my healing a little bit, that's one less bit that you can give to another NPC and keep them around a bit longer in the plot. And that trade-off does some really interesting things for the narrative.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It gives everything this very tense, desperate tone to it, and it really makes you prioritize, like, what do I want out of this playthrough?
1: Now, this is a game that, in in the play, really leverages parrying yes. a lot. It is a big, big part of it. Now, I, as someone who does not get on with parry mechanics, I will say this is it's very forgiving. Perfect parries are relatively easy to attain, and imperfect parries are very very effective all the same
0: if you press the parry button at a time when a dodge would have succeeded at the very least you'll get a a, a basic parry if not a like a great one like you're, you're unlikely to fuck up the parry too bad
1: and attacks can deflect most other attacks too so
0: yes you can use your melee to like deflect back bullets for example things like that yeah yeah the, the one thing that i don't think feels great about this the dodge is kind of a
1: jump it is a jump
0: yeah and it's it's not as satis it doesn't feel as satisfying to me as when you get
1: like a proper roll well and that's that's why i think it the emphasis is so much on the parry because this is and this is another thing that In most games of its design with its perspective, I would be really wary of is that it actually has a surprising amount of platforming in it for a mock 3D space, you know, represented in 2D. Mm. There are a lot of games that have that, that like it is the worst aspect of one of my favorite Zelda likes, Alundra, suffers so badly from its introduction of basic platforming, because the character doesn't jump well, it's it's it can be hard to determine range and your positioning. This does not have that problem nearly as much as I expected it would. The level design is very good. The jump control is solid, but limited in a way that works with you.
0: Mm, yeah, and and I, I somewhat agree with what you're saying before in that, like I would probably not have tried the parry mechanic at all if it wasn't for the fact that the jump doesn't feel as good as a roll would yeah and I'm kind of glad that it pushed me towards the parry because it's such a forgiving parry I'm glad I I'm glad I played around with that parry enough to realize how forgiving it was
1: not just forgiving but once you can start to get the timing of it down yeah. against specific enemies hugely helpful because once you successfully parry you get that counter attack opportunity for critical damage and that makes combat so much easier just in enemy management crowd control
0: exactly yeah it, it it makes a big difference to your ability to stay on top of multiple enemies
1: yeah
0: oh and the boss fights are so good
1: yeah yeah
0: um they're real good they're very dramatic they're very over the top lots of very good pixel visual effects going
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah the art design for the characters it's anime 101 Somebody somebody in a in a I can't remember who, but uh, they's like the art looks like it's from the how to draw anime series of books.
0: that's what I was about to say yes. it, it's like look the outfits on top of those are great, but like the the base face models do look like you picked up how to draw manga one o one yeah, <laughs> and like I don't hate that no, I like it's a lot fine. of the characters there's a lot of very good, very good woman love woman energy yep. in in the characters. Even if, like, oh, that tiny nose and the big eyes are very... How to draw anime
1: books. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a real it's a real neat game. I've not tried around. Apparently there's a co-op mode to it.
1: Yeah, there is. I, I was thinking about... it Because I, I, I worry it's too hard to play it with Linda. Like, that she'll get frustrated with it and not want to keep going. Uh, so I haven't tried to do that. But I am curious.
0: Yeah, it's one of those games where it's like, I like it in theory, but it's a very difficult game to suggest someone play along. And
1: it's certainly a different, difficult game to suggest someone just jump into.
0: Yeah, you would need to start from the beginning very much, I think, to co-op someone in.
1: Another thing that I like about it conceptually, if not necessarily in practice for me personally, is that it, it is a game that will allow you to just not do stuff. Mm. Like you can not get that. Heal ability at the beginning Yep You can just walk right past it If you want
0: It's a metroidvania But where some of the things Are not necessary to progression And you can just Completely miss things That like The game expects you to have But you don't have to have them Yep It does not hold your hand.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'll be interested to see speedruns of this, actually.
2: That sounds actually terrifying.
1: Yeah, I mean, it can be. It's it's not that hard. It's not hard to miss these things, is the thing. Like, it puts them really firmly in your path. But you could not collect them.
0: Yeah. It's
2: not going to go, you didn't pick it up, go back. Gotcha. I'd be forever terrified that I miss something cool somewhere. Terrified actual fear
0: ah that is entirely fair before we get on to another game just a thing i heard this week that i'm very excited about as someone who really struggles with a lot of metroidvanias because i can never fucking find my way back to where i'm supposed to be going and i get frustrated because i get lost metroid dread that's coming out in a couple of days apparently has an accessibility setting you can turn on where when you pick up a new uh weapon or item or upgrade that'll let you go new places It'll highlight on your map places you have been in the past That that item will now let you progress
1: I heard that, I love that That's fantastic Brilliant
0: That's wonderful, fantastic, really cool I hope more games do that Yeah That's a really neat idea Uh, Steph, what have you been playing? I have
2: been playing video games
0: What kind of video
2: games? I've been messing around on Apple Arcade again And found games better The near Reincarnation. Yeah. Fucking hell. I've been playing a game called Zombie Rollers. um, The Apple Arcade version, Zombie Rollers. It's a pinball roguelite tower defense. Oh, okay. You have my attention. And it's pretty fucking good. Basically, zombies spawn on the, I guess we could say, table. Um, But it's like a little... Just a little arena. Um, Zombies spawn, you use the flippers to obviously knock the ball into them. Uh, As you progress through a run, you unlock uh, different abilities on cooldowns that can do things like, you know, make swords come out of the ball or make axes fly out of the flipper. All sorts of different abilities, and you level up your character Each character has one of two ways to personalize the ball so that they behave slightly differently. Like one character uh, can have it so that the ball, when it hits something, it breaks and then smaller balls come out of it. When you die, you start from the beginning. um, You can choose a different character and you've got to reacquire skills. And there are trinkets that have passive abilities and you get little minions that spawn and fight zombies for you on the map. There's a hexagonal grid uh outside of the pinball that you travel along to you know find the path to the exit portal and then fight a boss. The writing's fucking not good. It's trying to be really funny, but it's just lots of fourth wall breaking stuff that uh, like really trite. Yeah. Uh so I skipped through most of that. But the actual gameplay is really good. Um I really like it. You know, it's simple enough for touch screen, yeah you know, Hit left and right on the screen to make the flippers go And there are little icons that you press for the special abilities And that's about it You can manually launch the ball at times On That's on a cooldown too So you can readjust it and fire it at things Yeah, yeah, I, I found it very compelling I've played a lot of it uh, yeah. this past week So, yeah, they they kind of... All of the elements, you know The pinball and the towered events and the roguelite stuff It's all fairly simple But, like, working together, it makes for a really fun game. Yeah. Um, I'll quickly do the other main Apple one I've been doing, which is Little Orpheus. Uh, No, Missing Orpheus, which is about a Russian explorer who gets trapped uh, in the middle of the earth. And it's one of those side-scrolling action platformers. It's done by the Chinese room, who have done video games. Mm. And, yeah, it's really straightforward. The... um, Main character is talking to his superior who's grilling him on where he went and what happened. So their dialogue as he tries to narrate things plays over the gameplay quite a bit. It's, again, really, really straightforward, really simple. Simple swiping, going left to right, and tapping for jumping. The controls are a little finicky at times. Uh, whenever you've got to hurry up, there's one particular bit where you're climbing a rope and jumping off it to avoid like acid spilling down, and that I, I don't like the climbing the rope. It feels finicky, but it's a fun little game. I mean, I will say that these action platformers in the same vein as, as Limbo and and stuff like that. You don't have to drag blocks around in every single one of these games. We can probably not have to do that anymore.
1: Yeah? You think think we're done with blocks? Yeah. Yeah,
2: I think we've nailed down the principal ideas of moving a block to jump higher on a thing. I think we're okay there. Could we
1: just make it faster?
2: We could just make it faster. That'd be good. But yeah, this hits all of that, like the chase sequence that these games often have, and the stealth that consists of hiding behind something and then running through the open to get to the other thing mm-hmm. before something turns around and looks at you none of it ha- has not been seen before but it looks really pretty the, the colors re- are really nice on it there's lots of um greens and reds and like really clashy ones that work really well and it's well written the the voice acting's affable and everything and it's not laugh out loud funny but it's it's amusing yeah, I, I've been liking it quite a lot. I've been playing, like, a chapter or two a day. It's just something to mess around with in bed before I have to f- drag myself out and face yet another horrific day. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I like it.
0: Yeah. I've been playing a new roguelike this week on uh, on Game Pass. I've been, pl- I've been playing a game called Monster Train. So this is a roguelike that is a little bit... Very light mechanically, but it's a little bit of a deck builder. Mm-hmm. The idea is that you are the denizens of Hell, and you have the last little spark of of Hell's energy on a train, and Heaven is trying to fucking break into your train and destroy the last little bit of of Hell that you're trying to protect. And the way that the gameplay works is that you start off with a very basic, uh, very basic deck of of things you can summon. They generally have attack power, like how much damage they will do every time they attack, how much health they have, and a few other abilities that you can hover over them and see what they do. There'll be things like deals damage anytime that uh, it takes damage or generates this much shield for other enemies per turn, things like that. And every turn, you have a certain amount of energy with which to play cards from your hand to summon in creatures to defend against waves of stuff that's coming in. The way that the monsters that are trying to make their way through your t- train approach is that every single turn, they will move one floor up the train. And there are three floors before they can start dealing damage to your little piece of hell. So it is a game about balancing like where you put your resources and how you allocate the resources you have on hand to make sure that nothing stays in the train more than three turns and is able to start dealing damage. What I really like about it is the way that the game paces handing out mechanics and allowing you to customize your build as you go. So at the end of every every successful fight you do, you will get offered a couple of selections of like, hey, here's some new things, do you want to add one of these to your deck? Okay, here's a few more, do you want to add one of these to your deck? Then you get to pick a route that your train's going to go on, and each one you can sort of hover over and it will go, okay, if you go this way, you'll get some money, you'll get some health, you can upgrade one of your cards to be a better version of its own stats, but to still sort of do the same thing. Or if you go over this way, you can add some new cards to your deck, remove some cards from your deck that you don't want there, you can maybe get some bigger upgrades, but they'll come with consequences. that will be things like, here's a drastic damage increase, but it's going to cost more to play that card now. And all throughout, all of the upgrades you find and all of the ways you have to customize your deck, you can pick exactly like, okay, I've got damage boost. What card do I want to apply that to? There is a huge amount of control over how you build up your build and it ends up just being very satisfying. It's very easy to pick a strategy and very consciously work towards it. Unlike something like a Hades or a, a Binding of Isaac, you're never only given one option of what to take. There is always at least like three options at any given time of, okay, here's a handful of things. Which of these do you want? Okay, here's an... it's constantly giving you lots and lots of options to pick from which has helped me feel very in control of my early runs and feel like I know what I'm doing with them. I've I've played maybe a couple, a couple of hours. I want to play more of it because, like, there's a very clear path to how to unlock more sets of cards to play with and more starting decks to play with that's done, like, achievements on the main menu where it's like, hey, do this this many times and we'll give you this set of things to try playing with. And that being there in between runs has encouraged me to keep playing and sort of pointed me in directions which has been nice yeah it's it, it's got a good snappy pace to it and if if you like light deck building mechanics and roguelites this is, this is pretty
1: fun i've been having a good time with it it's all right yeah that's nice yeah yeah
0: it's on game pass and it's it's well worth checking out
1: yeah i i may give it a shot i'm not that i'm not really one for card builder or deck builders that sort of thing but no
0: that's fair like what I will say for this one is it is very very light on the number of mechanics you need to understand yeah like uh, if you pick like uh, one of the starting deck options you have is like the the fiery red ones and they are all just about like get your damage as high as possible do direct damage to specific targets big damage you don't really need to know more than that there is uh, a green one where the whole thing is okay we don't do damage ourselves but anytime we take damage we deal big damage back and we've got big defense and we're big sort of tanky things but we can't do big hits immediately ourselves it's all very clear archetypes that take very little time to work out and it's like okay I understand what the weaknesses of this are very quickly and what I should be picking cards to bolster that with huh. all right. yeah Uh. what about you both have either of you played anything else
1: well I, I played a, a little bit of something that I think, is interesting. Uh, it seems like it's kind of small, but it's got a lot of fun polish to it. It's called Mighty Goose.
0: Okay.
1: This is also on Game Pass right now. And it's a run-and-gun shooter, very arcade in nature, in the vein of Metal Slug. That's actually what I would draw the closest comparison to. It visually has some really cool designs. It has run-around... Shooting enemies in front of you, they pop up behind. that sort of stuff. it It plays pretty quickly. Uh, there's vehicles that you could hop into and control. and in some cases, you have to like there's one mission where you're uh, chasing a train one of the first three levels of the game, and you have to ride in a vehicle alongside with a boss and you could get out of it by mistake while you're riding it <laughs> and bounce along the road taking damage because you can't manage to get back into the vehicle. It's a, it's a good time, but it's fun. Um, and you have your basic weapon and then you can have a secondary weapon and your secondary weapon at the start of the game is just a honk, uh, a harmless honk that you can honk on command. But then you get grenades and other things like that that can occupy that space. You also get a companion that comes along with you and provides bonuses at, at periods of time. The first one is just a regular duck. Um, and you can just have a regular duck hang out with you and he does nothing but be a duck, which is pretty cool. But later ones, uh, the, the next one you get, starts giving you ammunition for weapons and and things of that nature. And Based on the achievements, it, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of levels to it there are only five listed there so it doesn't seem that long but it's got a new game plus mode seems like there's a fair few unlockables and and it's just kind of charming and fun so like it's the sort of thing that if you have game pass uh, yeah i would just play it just to just to play it for like an hour and have a good time with it it's absolutely worth that
0: yeah yeah it looks real cool i'm looking at some art yeah Yeah, I, I would like to be a goose in a Mac.
1: It looks good. It, it plays real well. Yeah. I mean, like, it lacks some of the visual polish of, say, a Metal Slug, but gameplay-wise, it, it feels real tight. Yeah, it's good.
0: Yeah. Steph, you played anything else this week? Yeah, I had a crack at that old Alan Mike Remastered. As did I. Yeah? Yeah. How, how, are you, how are you both getting on with it? I've not had a chance to check it out yet. Uh Yeah, I mean, it's, it's Alan Mike.
1: Yep. Yep. It's Alan Wake. I mean, there's there's touches. The nice thing about Alan Wake is that it is a game that despite the fact that I have played it half a dozen times, I still find things that I didn't notice in it before, uh, which is always enjoyable. This time I, I've spotted something right at the outset that I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe in the multiple times I've replayed this. I didn't hear this line of dialogue and realize what it was implying. Um, so that was cool. The attention to detail is nice because, like, sometimes with these upgrades, there might be other, like, little things that get forgotten about. Yeah, There are QR codes in Alan Wake that you could link to, and they went to little supplemental videos. Well, they've remastered all of those, too, and put new QR codes with new links that go to YouTube videos that are only four months old unlisted that you can watch them.
2: That's nice
1: yeah yeah it's it's little stuff like that that I appreciate at the same time, like it you look at it and you're like, wow, it it really is a ten year old game though, like the facial animations are a little rough, yeah,
2: yeah,
1: but visually it does look really good still the the upgrade is nice, it plays very well on pc at least
0: no more duracell batteries <laughs> oh yeah the branding's
2: out no more verizon or duracell in there
1: but the music's there so god i
2: forgot just like every chapter ending with licensed music mm-hmm. i really love
0: the uh the chapter breaks in that oh they're cute yeah they really help the pacing of that yep mm. yep
1: yeah then pose in there i have to bring that up Poe, her song Control is the uh, chapter two finale song. Okay. So, you know, it's haunted. It's haunted. That's what it is.
0: I've got it on my two playlist. I just need to get around to it, but I'm, I'm glad it's sounding all right. I didn't see it in the menu.
2: Is there no American Nightmare in this?
0: Uh,
1: no, it's it's not. That's Why is it not in there? Um, because it's an sep- entirely separate product. Nah.
0: Yeah, but it, it feels like it should be in there. They're not going to remaster it separately, are they? Probably
1: not. I would hope not. I don't think it's worth the effort to do it, although I do think it's an interesting bit of ephemera. Oh, I've got an interesting bit of ephemera <laughs> for you.
0: <laughs> <sighs> I played one other thing I want to crack out real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I played some Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz, because I enjoyed playing Super Monkey Ball back in the day. That particular port and collection of stuff from old games, it looks good, and they threw all the stuff together. Doesn't play right. Doesn't feel right to play. Mm -hmm. And that's a real, that's a real bummer. A lot of the mini games, okay, good example, there's a Classic Super Monkey Ball minigame where you roll down a big uh, down a big hill and then you open up your ball like it's a little parachute and you try and land on a target and get, hit some points. Yeah, yeah,
1: I open up my ball like a parachute yeah. and try to hit targets all the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> the At least on PS5 where I was playing, the amount of stick movement you can do like to stay level before it goes like, nope, you're pulling up too much, you, you're crashing... It's like, it feels like it's less than a millimeter. Like, you can barely move the stick and it's like, okay.
1: I mean, that's just, that's just training. Eventually, you'll be able to get that edge control down.
0: <laughs> but like, it it was, I, I, I was playing it thinking like, I swear it didn't used to be this finicky.
1: You're telling me your monkey balls are too sensitive.
0: My monkey balls are too sensitive. I did a Google and everyone's like, yeah, they've completely changed how this mini game works. So it just doesn't feel right anymore. Mm. And that's like half the problem is a lot of stuff just... Doesn't feel like it works right. And that's always a shame. Also, the story mode has a ridiculous difficulty spike out of nowhere. Like it it's not a smooth transition of difficulty at all. And a bunch of the cool, interesting side characters they've got, where you can play as like, uh play as the Yakuza protagonist or be a game gear bouncing around in a ball. You can't use them for any of the minigames. Oh. They just don't let you use them for the minigames. I'm like, what? It's a little character model you put inside a ball. How is it that difficult to let me use it in the minigames? Let me be in a doing a parachute in a ball. trying to land on a target. So yeah, I was underwhelmed. Wow, that is a shame. Yeah. Either of you played anything else or are we getting toward
1: the news? Oh, really? yeah. I think I'm good.
0: Okay, let's start by talking about Twitch. Oh, my. Oh, before before we even get to the bad story, here's the first story where Twitch uh, wasn't making any fans this past week. Last week, we got the news that Twitch was testing a paid boost
1: feature. Yeah, that's a bummer.
0: Yeah, the short version is, hey, Twitch audience, do you want to pay real money, which the streamer you're watching will not see any of, to get them some increased visibility, sort of, on the platform for a, for an amount of time that is very nebulously defined. Basically trying to encourage people's audiences to pay up or they're never going to get more views seems to be the implication.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... So there are some interesting limits on the scheme. Yeah. That are there in place to sort of deflect against some of that idea.
0: Yeah, like, one... One of them, I think, is it will only be offered to viewers of channels that are getting below 250 viewers, so yeah. it's not going to be something that, like, big streamers can get their audiences to pay for so that they're constantly front page. for example.
1: Right. But it is... Unfortunate yeah. that it's it's going uh this way. I don't I don't know how to feel about whether or not it's something that's actually going to be of benefit to small creators. There are not good ways necessarily to Grow a very small channel, you know. Unless you know, like, there are things you can do that you could know, pursue. Popular games, and there are you know notable growth strategies. None of them are guarantees. Yeah. But there are absolutely ways that you can grow an audience on Twitch. But if you're not interested in pursuing those routes, uh, it's a very slow grind, and and that is something that you know it needs to be. Accepted and acknowledged to a certain extent. And this kind of thing may, to some extent, help smaller streamers. But it's not something that, as a small streamer, I would ever feel comfortable recommending or suggesting to my audience to do. Well, no. I mean... And I know that the algorithm does occasionally deliver new viewers to me. Yeah. Because they tell me, you know... They say, oh, I saw your profile and thought that's something I want to see. And I came over and watched this. Okay, so Twitch does occasionally, you know, recommendations do occasionally result in my getting viewers. But
0: what I will say about this is I think a big part of why there's been so much pushback is because this is replacing something that was trialed in the past that didn't involve any money changing hands. Right. Channel points. Yeah. There was a trial a while back where... People uh, who watch your channel a bunch, you know, Twitch does a thing where it generates points as people watch and chat.
1: Oh, my God. People have so many channel points on my channel. Yeah.
0: And a thing that you can use, that you were for a little while able to do with channel points was to use them to promote the stream you're watching to more people. And that has gone away and in its places Give us money to do that. Yeah. Which I think is a big part of the pushback.
1: Yep. Because I actually... Well, okay, the Channel Points economy is... Oh, it's fucked. It's fucked. Like, and, uh, you know, I don't know that there's any... Like, the, the box is open. And I don't know that there's any way to even, like, fix that now so that it would be a manageable system for using it in a recommendation system that isn't abused and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But I don't think that this is a better alternative. I don't think it helps. No. So
0: here's the other thing that Twitch had. Uh, the day we record this happen. Just before we get into the story, Twitch has acknowledged that this is a real thing that happened, but has given absolutely, like, zero advice what to do about it. Zero information about about the specifics of it. Just... Yep, uh, we're looking into it. Well, uh, thank you for being patient.
1: I mean, at this point, if, if I were in their shoes, well, first of all, that's the correct response to say fucking nothing. But the, the other end of it is they're probably still figuring out the extent. And the extent seems vast.
0: Yeah, it might not have hurt them to say, hey, maybe reset your just-in-case-as-a-precaution set-up two-factor authentication. And- that
1: may not help them. That may not help, considering the extent of the leak. They should have said something.
0: Yeah, so let let's get into it. So, um, about eight hours before we recorded this show, Twitch source code appears to have been leaked by an anonymous hacker. Uh the 126 gig torrent uh, was uploaded to 4chan and seemingly is. Fucking huge Some security analysts are talking about this may be one of the biggest security breaches Of any website ever uh, If it has what it appears And purports to contain Apparently the leak contains The entirety of Twitch TV's source code With every edit going back To its early beginnings uh, Mobile desktop And video game console Twitch client source code Proprietary software development kits Amazon web service stuff that's used by Twitch A bunch of source code for basically every other property that Twitch owns A bunch of files to do with an unreleased Steam competitor That Amazon has been working on We definitely need more of those Yeah a bunch of their internal tools have leaked.
2: By internal tools, we're not talking about the people running it.
0: Oh, no. Different kind of internal tools. Oh, okay. Uh, creator payout reports bait- dating back to 2019 with like pre-tax dollar amount payments for many of the platform's biggest creators. Um, in some cases, going month by month specific earnings for people. Um, that one in particular, I've seen a lot of people who have been affected by that talking about the fact that it's going to really fuck with their ability to do negotiations with brands and things because those figures are now out there. There has been suspicion that it might contain passwords. It might contain stream keys. That is not confirmed, but people are being recommended to change your password, change your stream key, uh, set up two-factor authentication just in case. This is apparently part one of two. Mm -hmm. Apparently there is another... Another huge chunk of this still to be uploaded. So yeah, that happened today. Uh. This
2: is why I stick to Facebook, which has had no problems <laughs> lately.
0: So there's a few things that um I don't know what to make of right now. So the 4chan post where this leak happened included the hashtag do better twitch hashtag and included some comments about how this was allegedly being done to punish twitch um for being a terrible hateful platform it's unclear how accurate that is and a big part of whether people receive it that way is going to be down to Does it contain personal user information? That and where it was shared. Yeah. A toxic platform. I'm taking this to 4chan. 4chan doesn't suggest to me that this is like a marginalized creator who was like, you know, angry at Twitch because they were being let down. I don't see the overlap there, but um, yeah. Yeah, Twitch has acknowledged that this is a thing. Some of the early discussion online is people going... Hey, could this maybe help Twitch competitors? They could have a look inside and see how Twitch does it, and that might help them build up some platforms and alternatives.
1: No. Probably not. Uh, no. Like no. And 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 frankly, the mere suggestion is terrible. And I'll tell you why. First of all, any, any company that has the opportunity potential to become a legitimate rival to Twitch... Should not fucking touch any of this. They would have seen this if it had been offered to them and said, no, thank you, go away, and contacted the, the FBI, unfortunately. Now, I don't approve of that, but that is, that is the decision to make.
0: Yeah, because if you've if you touched anything from any of this... Whatever competitor you make is going to get sued into oblivion if you touch anything in here.
1: Yes. And ultimately, now, if anything that anybody produces looks too similar to this, they're giving an opportunity for Yeah. Twitch to then turn around with their huge war chest mm-hmm. yeah. and put, you know, even just a a frivolous lawsuit demand on a smaller company that, you know, Uh, This it doesn't necessarily help
0: if anything it might as you're sort of getting at there it might do the opposite it might make it harder for other companies to create twitch competitors because if the natural way to do it is too similar to what's in in here twitch might go you looked at our leak and that's why you've done this
1: yeah I'm you know I am not a lawyer and certainly if anyone is and would like to provide some clarity but this is a a path that I see being potentially troublesome.
0: <sighs> yeah. So some of the 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 people who work in in like um cybercrime analysis who've been talking about this uh, one one of the more interesting things I've seen said about it is that um it gives a very good opportunity to competitors like YouTube Gaming in that it gives them hard figures of how much people are making on Twitch. And if they want to try and poach those people, they know exactly what kind of figures to be looking at. Because they have multiple years of records of how much an individual has been paid by Twitch. And that is going to be very helpful if they go, we'd like to poach that talent. Like, that is definitely something that is going to be to the benefit of, say,
1: YouTube. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it, to the benefit of basically the one other company in a position to capitalize on that information.
0: Yeah, the only the only company with the money to capitalize on that sure could capitalize on that if they wanted. Oh, There's
1: Facebook, too.
0: The internet's owned by about three men. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Mixer might have tried to capitalise on it a few years ago. A few years a bit ago. late now, but...
1: Well, they probably wouldn't have given Ninja as much money as they did.
0: Mm. <laughs> no, they'd have probably
1: been able to global it a little no. more. But, uh
0: yeah. Some other things we learned from this are not going to surprise fucking anyone, but the top 100 best paid uh, Twitch creators are almost exclusively cis-straight white men with no disabilities. Because, of course, there's one female streamer in the top 50 earners. Basically no queer people, basically no people of colour, basically no disabled people in the top 100. That surprises
1: no one. Mm -hmm. I looked at, uh, I I think someone had shared a screenshot of lifetime top earners, and the number of integers was fucking with my head.
0: Oh, Critical Role. Mm, Thirty sh-
1: million dollars.
2: Oh, critical roll, Can I borrow a couple mil?
1: Like, hey, hey, critical,
0: critical Roll. fuck, role. Cr- critical role. Can we, can we just have a oh, little bit? Lend us a mil? Yeah.
1: Like, wow, good on them. I guess.
0: As many people have pointed out, these are the numbers just through twitch subs and uh bits and things like that wow this doesn't count for outside sponsored streams or advertisers or brand deals or anything of that nature a lot of the people right up the top do gambling content Mm. and this does not count in how much they're getting paid by the gambling companies for example like there is a lot more money than the ridiculous amounts of money that we're seeing up that top. People have a go
2: at me.
1: Yep. Yeah, right?
0: Yeah. Like, that's...
2: Let's make this all about me at yeah. last. <laughs> Come on. People have a go at me.
1: I mean, you know, yeah, that's really all you have to say. people. Well, People don't yeah. understand the economics of operating... A business like this yeah and you know the tax liability the payment for services and things like that it's it, it's really it can seem to people like you're bringing in a lot of money but the actual take home from that kind of thing is significantly less than people realize
0: hell hell yes hell
1: yes way less
0: but yeah the general gist of this is that It's going to be a little while before we know the exact fallout of this, um, before we know exactly how much uh, user personal data was compromised, whether more of that will get compromised in the next batch of information that happens, what impacts this will have on Twitch. But what seems very clear is that this is, like, this is an unfathomably big leak of data. Like, for a company like Twitch, that is owned by a company like Amazon, to have stuff like, here is a bunch of in-development records about our Steam competitor we're working on. Like, shit like that doesn't get out. Years of source code revisions and edits going back to basically when a website was created doesn't happen. Like, it it can't be overstated how big a deal this is. And what that will mean, don't quite know today, but we'll Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we'll fucking hear nothing because Twitch probably isn't going to be too chatty about what this means. They're owned by the most powerful country in the. Uh, I said country.
2: They'll be a country eventually.
1: Well, you're we're getting there. Yeah, yeah
2: the most powerful company in the world, and this happens. They should probably spend more time on security and less on like how people can give them more money
1: hmm. yeah i don't know should they spend more money on security what kind of security are they going to be investing oh
0: in? oh fun fact i cannot verify how real this is but there is a tweet doing a lot of retweets today of someone who apparently tried to contact twitch to apply for a job doing security uh, security work for their their web network was told, oh, no, we don't have any vacancies right now. Apparently, one of the things that surfaced out of this leak is that they didn't have anyone whose job that was at Twitch. Oh. There was no one whose job was to be dedicated solely to working on the security of the platform.
1: You know what? That person should uh, contact them again.
0: (laughs) I think they're probably going to need somebody. That is the main response people have been tweeting is going, just send them another cheeky email back now. See how they feel today. Yeah. Some other stories we had. Sony has started trialing uh, game trials on PS5, where you can download the full version of a game, play it for a certain amount of time. Your save will carry over if you buy the game.
1: That sounds like a great idea.
0: Yeah. There's just one little eensy-beensy little flaw with how they set it up. Oh? Your counter for how long you can play the demo for Starts when you hit the download button. Why do video games constantly
2: need caveats? Why can't they just do a thing that's good?
0: <laughs> yeah, so hey, you know how uh for example, uh Death Stranding, pretty fucking huge game. It's a large game. Yeah, it's a pretty large game. For many people it's gonna take many, many hours
1: to download. I mean it's gonna take a couple hours to download even if you've got a pretty good connection.
0: Yeah. Let's say that the um you've got four hours to play a demo of that, and that starts when you hit the download button. Are you going to get much of that played? Hmm. Maybe, maybe not so much.
1: I'm trying to think about how much gameplay there is in the first two hours of Death Stranding. Can you get to a point
0: where you have a backpack and some things in your backpack within two
1: hours? I don't know.
0: You can have a bit of a watch. Yeah. um so sony's aware of that and that'll probably change but it's kind of hilarious that that got through to being a publicly available thing on other sony news um sony have finally gotten around to buying bluepoint who are the the studio that they do all their big hd remasters of uh their old games with they did the uh, shadow of the colossus remaster the uh, demon souls remaster for ps5 They're apparently not working on remasters. They're going to be working on something original for Sony.
2: Alright. right.
0: So it'll be interesting to see what they work on. They make very visually pleasant things, but we've not seen what they make when not copying someone else's mechanics. We'll see what they come up with. There was some interesting, weird back and forth about potential future 4K switch. The story that will not fucking die. So in the space of about two days, here's, here's the news stories that happened. Bloomberg publishes a report saying, hey, that 4K Switch is a thing that's that's coming. It didn't happen this year as it was supposed to because of chip shortages. Last minute, they they just shipped out the OLED model. They d- couldn't put the, the new chipset together. 11 developers that we can, we can point to have 4K dev kits for the Switch. Nintendo puts out a denial. They say, nope. Nope, that's not real. No, no plans for 4K. We've never thought about 4K. No 4K, definitely not. Please don't
1: wait to go out and buy a Switch.
0: Please don't wait to go out and buy a Switch. We've got the OLED one. Please go buy it. Don't wait. Mm-hmm. Because like a part of the Bloomberg report was specifically saying they're building up those chips. It's probably going to be about a year from now if you just if you want to wait and just get the 4K one. It's probably coming into next year when the chip shortage is a bit less of a problem, and Nintendo doesn't like that. 24 hours later, we get some, some, a patent that makes it very clear that Nintendo was lying when they said that they have no interest and have not even thought about 4K. Because a patent surfaced, basically, Nintendo has been looking into, um, do either of you know much about DLSS upscaling? Not really. Yeah. Uh, the, The short version, this is a bit of NVIDIA tech that already exists that's, that's very good quality that can take like a low resolution video game. And pump it up to a higher resolution through upscaling with very good results for very little tech footprint. Mm. It is the thing that like a lot of people have been suspecting 4K Switch would eventually be using, just because of like it doesn't require a lot of power to make nicer visuals. And Nintendo has apparently been researching making that tech themselves, making their own proprietary version of that tech that could... For example, as stated in the patent, take a 720p image and bump it up to 4K with very good results that look reasonably like it's a native 4K game. Hmm. So Nintendo, I understand entirely why they denied any any knowledge of working on anything 4K, but it sure does seem like they're working on a way to make the Switch output in 4K on your telly, probably, and... That's probably a real thing. So that was an interesting couple of days of back and forth that'll maybe turn into something eventually. Mm -hmm. And I I think the main last bit of news, I had a nice bit of news to end on this week. I saved a nice bit for the end. Okay. There's some really nice, cool new accessibility features coming to Xbox this month that are just very good, positive things that are happening on a system level that more consoles should do. The first one... There's a new tagging system for uh, games on on Xbox consoles where if your game has accessibility features, you can tag, as the developer, you can tag your game with them and people looking at the Xbox store can find out what accessibility features a game has without having to purchase it and boot it up to find that out.
1: Yay!
0: That's great. That should be a thing on all the consoles. It's really good letting people know if the features they need are there before they make a purchase. That's just a really positive thing, and the other one is a system level color blindness mode. So for games that don't have dedicated color blindness modes, the Xbox will now look at the screen and go, "Okay, you've got red green color blindness. Those colours are probably going to be pro- problems. We will apply a filter to shift that colour to try and make it more visible." All right. Which. It's not going to be as good as a handcrafted thing on a game-by-game basis, but it's going to make a lot of games with no color blindness support yeah. more accessible than they were. And that's just two very cool things. Well done, Microsoft. You did, you did good there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. They do well there.
0: We ended on something nice. Xbox did it good. Every, the other companies should probably do those things too. They're very good. So yeah, I think that's it for this week. I think we're done. Good. Yeah.
2: That's always good to know. And we've got a nice little episode all wrapped up. Yeah. Let's go to the lovely listener. We did one. We did one. Laurie, you've done many things. Not just one. You've done many. What are they? What the heck are they?
0: Well, the main thing I'm going to tell you all about right now is uh, me and my wife Jane have been writing a novel together. It's called Who Hunts the Whale? You can find it on Unbound. It's uh, currently, currently up for pre-order. Is a novel set in a fictional, definitely fictional, definitely not based on anything in reality, terrible exploitative uh, AAA video game development company. If you are someone that thinks that, you know, it would be great to be able to play video games without the people who make them being treated terribly and them constantly trying to force money out of pockets of people, if you think that that would be a thing, you're probably going to enjoy this book. It's called Who Hunts the Whale? Go check it out. Go give it a pre-order. Uh, other than that, Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills I've got other books, Uncomfortable Labels, Gender Euphoria, Things I Learned from Mario's Butt And there's podcasts, there's Pixel Squirt, Queer and Pleasant Strangers, uh, Dice Funk Conrad, you were on Dice Funk in in the past
1: I was indeed, and you could also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Conrad Zimmerman or on Twitch.tv, as long as that ship continues to slowly sink, at Twitch.tv slash that Conrad Zimmerman. Uh, you can buy anti-capitalist propaganda from me at pinfultruth.com or at thejemporium.com and audiobooks at conradreads.com. But everything I do gets supported on Patreon also. That's patreon.com slash And you know who else has a Patreon? Uh James Stephanie Sterling
2: Oh god yes Patreon.com slash Jimquisition and that you know pays for all the stuff uh, which is good Uh, I mean it's nowhere near a, a humongous top earning Twitch payout so don't have a go at me Speaking of which, I'm on Twitch, uh, well, for as long as Conrad said, for as long as that continues to sink. TwitchTV slash Jim Sterling. Uh, also, um, thegymporium.com, aforementioned, where you can get Jimquisition E merchandise there. And Friday, October 8th, uh, that's tomorrow by the time this comes out. Um, I will be at the Pittsburgh Grand Hall as part of Enjoy Wrestling's Night Moves show. I will be there managing a team. And Saturday night, October 9th, I will be at the Howe Building with Rise Wrestling, where I will be revealing at last the Grand Championship Regency title belt. So very, very excited about that. I won't get interrupted this time so that's all good stuff um if you're in or near the pittsburgh area would love to see you at one or both of the shows yeah thank you so much for listening and supporting and listening and listening and we'll see you next time i guess you listen to some more bye bye bye